you know, I, I, so this is internal dialogue. All right. Well, it's good to be with everybody. Uh, had a had a two week break, and uh, we're going to start uh, kind of a new series about uh, how to be proactive, uh, how to deal with uh, an environment of great change. I mean, right now there's no no need to tell you guys that we're in a uh, period of uh, immense change, and the pace of change is going to pick up. It's hard to believe, uh, but it is. And, uh, you know, we have uh, things that are happening, you know, there's kind of this general sense that uh, as we move into winter and uh, fall, excuse me, and winter, that, uh, you know, there might be some resurgence of COVID, you know, it might require some more uh, governmental action, you know, nobody quite knows yet. So there's a lot of unknowns, kids going back to school, uh, that seems to be a pretty confusing process for most people. Um, and uh, so there's lots of unknowns. But this is what we're going to be talking about is about really how do we manage the knowns? And we do that, first of all, by being proactive. So being proactive is a choice. It's a choice in mindset where, you know, we're, we're going to control the things that we can. We're going to work with the things we can and the stuff we can't, we're not, we're not going to worry about. We'll just deal with it as it comes along. So being proactive or being reactive is a choice. It's a very deliberate choice that we make. Um, and, um, you know, there's a great Stephen now I just want to this that what we're going to talk about some of the stuff you've already seen, uh, some of it's new, but there's some things in here that you've already seen. Uh, and I, and I wanted to reintroduce some concepts to everybody, uh, because I think they're relevant to, uh, how we go through, uh, being proactive, how we observe, you know, part of being proactive is also observing. And, uh, and there's a great Stephen Covey quote, which is really one of my favorites, is that everything is created twice, once in your mind and once in reality. So however you want things to come out, okay, however you want things to be, uh, you've got to kind of uh, have it in your mind first before it's going to come out in reality. So there's two different types of uh, reality. There's the reality behind the eyes, and there's the reality in front of the eyes, if you want to look at it that way. Um, so a paradigm shift, I, and, I, and I, I looked, I, I got the uh, dictionary definition of paradigm shift, and what struck me about it was how simple it was. Well, when you consider how, about how comprehensive paradigm shifts are, uh, I was really struck by how simple. Uh, so paradigm shift is a fundamental change in approach or underlying assumptions. That's it. Now, we're, we're living in the middle of a, of a paradigm shift, and it, it seems to be pretty uh, succinctly explained uh, right here. Change by its nature is leaving what you know for what you don't know. There's kind of no other way for it to be, right? It's neither good nor bad. It just is. And, and, and that, that's a perspective on it. And so, uh, you know, change is leaving what you know for what you don't know. And we fear change because of our known past, not because of our unknown future. So a lot of the reason, and this, these are, this is, we've, we've addressed this a couple times, right? But it's talking about being proactive. Because part of being proactive is about the willingness to make contact with the future, not waiting for the future to come to you. And that's being reactive. 
So uh, leaving what we know for what we don't know is making contact with the future. And I, 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 um, I really like that term a lot, making contact with the future. And typically, uh, we, we fear what we don't know uh, because of our known past, not because of the unknown future. If you think about the unknown future, well, how can we be afraid of what we don't know? Well, we don't know what it is. It could be amazing, right? And, um, but typically there's something in our past that makes us a little leery. Uh, the last time I did this, you know, last time I took a big chance, uh, this happened. Uh, the last time, um, you know, I tried something new, uh, you know, the outcome wasn't that great. So it's typically how we are connected to our past, our past experiences, which kind of leaves us in a reaction mode, like we'll wait and see. Um, but being proactive is, is about leaving, you know, your, your, your known, your, you know, your known situation for the unknown situation, but you're making contact with the future. Now, here's the interesting thing about the future. It's coming anyways. It's not like you're going to be able to avoid it. It's kind of funny if you think about it that way. It's going to find you. So you might as well reach out to it before it reaches out to you. And, um, you know, uh, we, we cannot um, do what we've always done and have a new outcome. So if we want a new outcome, we have to change what we're doing. So think about being proactive. It's about making contact with the future and it's a future that already exists. It's already on its way to visit you. Like you're not gonna avoid it. It's just gonna be simply a, a matter of when you're gonna make contact with the future and are you gonna do it on your terms or some other terms that you haven't uh, chosen. Um, so uh, think also when we're reaching uh, into the future um, about how we're challenged. And so when we're challenged by things, you know, what we're challenged by is what we're being called to learn and master. So anytime that we get a ping for a challenge, okay, it's because we're supposed to go learn. It's not, it's not, we're not, we're not supposed to avoid it. We are supposed to go learn it. So when we get a challenge, right, that should be, we should stop for a second uh, you know, collect ourselves and understand, hey, wait a minute, I'm being called to go understand this, make contact with the future, right? That's about being proactive, okay? Being proactive is about understanding that what we're challenged by is what we're drawn to. So um, I think some of you might remember this. This is really cool um, theory, psychological theory. I don't I guess I call it a theory, but I think it's a, I think it's a, a known thing. It's called loss aversion. And loss aversion uh, is the general human bias that the status quo is better than what the future might be, even if, uh, even if the future uh, might, uh, you know, hold more reward for us. So, you know, it's a little bit like, well, if you save, um, if you do this financial thing, it will, if you, so if you invest $1,000 into this financial thing, you can parlay it into 50,000, but you still have to be willing to risk your thousand. And you can tell people that, and a lot of people, eh, that's okay, I'll just keep my thousand. 
Uh, and that's the status quo bias, right? And, and that's what uh, really a lot of times really freezes us in place. We've all had that experience. So it's, so the loss aversion, and that's what happens when we go into reactive mode. See, when we're proactive, we're making contact with the future and uh, we're bringing the future towards us. When we're in reactive mode, this is where this loss aversion kicks in. We're like, mm, I don't think so. I think I'll just wait and see what happens or I'll wait. I'll wait until, uh, until the future finds me or the situation I have right now, although, you know, it's not my favorite situation. I don't find it optimal. Uh, you know, generally I'm pretty safe right now, so I think this is okay. I think I'll just hang out in this space. And, and that's loss aversion. That's also being reactive. So, you know, we're in this period of time where uh, there are some unknowns, right, with, you know, mostly orbiting around COVID. You know, how's the economy going to be? Uh, kids going back to school are going to have any other interruptions, you know, and all that. And that's that, you know, we have all those things. Um, but instead of waiting for those events to come to us, right, we have the option to being proactive with the things we do control, okay, and, you know, whether it's controlling our business or our health or helping the kids through school or whatever the case may be, and being, being proactive about those aspects of things we can control. And when you, when you get yourself, when you find yourself in a reactive mode, right, and just kind of sitting back, understand that you're in this loss aversion dynamic with yourself, okay? And, um, um, and, and if you can understand it that way, it's a lot easier to kind of negotiate with yourself to get out of it, right? Because sometimes it's a little bit of a conversation with yourself about how do we, how do we move forward. The other piece to being proactive and being reactive is being an observer. We've talked a lot about this. And, um, you know, Ali, I think you brought it up in our conversation with Matt Ferrara last week about, you know, being an observation and curiosity. And um, the other part about being proactive is also being an observer. Okay. So we don't want to confuse uh, being proactive with carelessly rushing into things. We don't want to do that. Okay. It's, um, yeah, it's not like blindly running into, you know, a dark cave. Um, it's about being aware um, and understanding that I'm making deliberate moves. I'm making a deliberate movement in a direction. And so being in observation is uh, really critical to that because as you're moving through proactivity, you're also observing along the way. And, and I wanted to provide this, um, uh, uh, juxtaposition of thinking. So if I'm an observer, okay, and I'm just observing, uh, or I'm a participant, which means if I'm a participant, that means I'm deep into the event and I'm drawn in by all the energy and all the stuff, and I really have kind of lost my independent observer status. But I need my independent observer status for me to be able to be successfully proactive to navigate events. If I'm going to be a participant, now all of a sudden I'm just reacting to everything that's happening to me. Make sense? Okay. So making contact with the future, part of being able to do that is being an observer and understanding, well, where am I going? Where, where is this event going? How do I, you know, how do I take the left and the right with, with whatever's going on, right? As opposed to the participant, everything's just coming down on top of me. So let's just go through this real quick. So if I'm an observer, I'm watching in the moment. But I'm, if I'm a participant, I'm fully in the moment. There's a difference, right? Watching, you're kind of looking down. 
As a participant, you're in the middle of it. Um, as an observer, I'm present, but I'm not directly engaged. Um, and as a participant, I'm engaged in the play-by-play. -play. You know, I'm just fully in it, right? I'm just kind of blindly participating with it. Uh, I think the next one really covers it pretty well. As an observer, you're able to stay above the energy. But if you're a participant, okay, and you're being uh, reactive, you're absorbed in the, all the energy around you. Take it another step further, when you're an observer, you're outside of your emotions, uh, but if you're a participant, you're deep in your emotions. Your emotions are what's ruling you, all right? It's the emotions that's driving your decision-making process. If I'm an observer, I'm not absorbed by the drama, okay? But if I'm a participant, right, I'm easily sucked into the drama. And then lastly, as an observer, I'm able to make decisions independently and objectively. So think about being, being proactive and being able to make decisions independently and objectively, as opposed to being reactive. And if I'm a participant, it's difficult to make a decision on, on uh, independent of the drama and the energy around. So um, there's this process of metacognition and kind of very simply, it's about, and I think you have seen this, we talked about this early on in one of the other uh, sessions we've done. You know, metacognition is basically uh, the process of thinking about what you're thinking about. So it's about being aware of your thoughts. So it's one thing to have a thought, okay? It's another thing to understand what I'm thinking about. So, and uh, some of the internal dialogue might look like this, okay? I'm really not so sure about this. This really makes me nervous. And then the internal dialogue is, well, wait a minute, how come? You've seen this before. Or well, what do you have to lose? Or are you better off waiting and letting something happen to you, okay? Or are you better off being proactive and making contact with the future? It's, it's, so it's, in, it's, it's internal dialogue it might sound a little bit like having an internal argument, but it's really more about, about thinking about what you're thinking about, being aware of your, being aware of your thoughts, okay? And, and it goes back to that loss aversion. So if you go, if you kind of combine the process of metacognition to loss aversion, when you find yourself in kind of a reactive mode and, uh, you know, questioning about, you know, uh, you know, I'm a hunker down, then you should be asking the question, well, why are you hunkering down? Let's, let, let, let's, let's analyze our own thoughts, okay? Our own thoughts don't have to live independent of any analyzation, right? And, and there's a, um, I don't have it in here, but it's one of these concepts I, I, I've developed. And I developed through the merger and acquisition process. Um, and, it, and it's about uh, things either happen to you or with you. So, you know, my philosophy when, you know, I ran offices or how we try to run the company and all these things is that, you know, I want to bring as many people as I can with me on the journey, right? And um, so if something's happening to you, it tends to be a surprise. And surprises, uh, people typically don't react all that well to surprises, unless it's a birthday party or something. Um, but when something's happening with you, it's like you're going with the flow. And, uh, you know, you, you brought, you know, some, you're, you're being brought along in the process, right? And I, I kind of developed that when we, you know, with our merger and acquisition process, because um, in that process, when new companies, uh, or excuse me, off, new offices are joining our company, um, 
there's two ways of doing it. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, you, you call all the agents together on like a Tuesday morning and you say, hey, uh, hey, good news, surprise, by the way, you're all part of the Massiel group now. Uh, the other way to do it, right, and all of a sudden people are surprised what this means, right, they, they go immediately into shutdown mode. The alternative to that uh, is you start to bring people along in the process, maybe two, three weeks out. Hey, here's what we're thinking about doing. Uh, what do you think about this? Here's some of the services this company offers. Uh, would you like to meet some of the people, right? So you're bringing them into the process. So when you think about change, change either happens to you or with you. And, and it goes back to being proactive or reactive. If you're gonna be reactive, okay, change is gonna to happen to you. You are not part of the process. If you're proactive, change is happening with you. You are part of the process. So a couple things, um, you know, again, we're in this period of hyper change. I don't think there's really another way to say it uh, realistically. And um, as this graphic says here, you can't pour from an empty cup. So you gotta take care of yourself first. Now uh, we talked, um, we left, I think our last session about things that you can do to take care of yourself. There's a couple of things in here um, that, that are, are kind of repeats. But as we're going in this fall period, and I, and I do think we've got some, you know, there'll be some surprises coming. I mean, as an organization, we're totally prepared, we're ready, uh, we have everyone's backs. But then as individuals, we have to figure out how to navigate our way through this. I mean, we're really busy right now. I think we're going to continue to be busy. Um, and we're going to have some things that we're going to have to navigate. But we really can't navigate them successfully until we take care of ourselves, right? So this isn't about, this isn't about sacrificing ourselves for events, okay? This is about how do we take care of ourselves so that we can be proactive through events. So um, here are some, uh, some tips for us to consider. So taking care of yourself. Now, um, you guys probably know this, I'm an early riser, so I'm not gonna advocate that you get up at 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the morning. Try to get up though 15 to 30 minutes earlier every day. And the reason I say that is that it gives you a little bit of breathing room. Right? There's kind of nothing worse than waking up in the morning and as soon as your feet hit the, hit the uh, carpet, uh, you're on a dead run. Right? So try to get up 15 to 30 minutes earlier only for the purpose of having you time. If you don't read um, or do audiobooks, <coughs> excuse me, um, try to start you know, maybe doing a little more, more reading or some audiobooks. Audiobooks are great in the car. Uh, while you're on appointments or going back and forth to work or while you're at the gym or out for a walk. Uh, an Audible account is really easy to get. If you're an Amazon subscriber, I think you already have one. And um, they're great. Uh, great way just to feed your, feed your mind. Uh, of course, exercise. And exercise doesn't have to be going out and training for a marathon. It could be walking three days a week. It could be yoga. It could be all, all sorts of things. It's something that gets you moving. Um, now, also when you're doing that, that's also you time. See, all this stuff is you time, right? Uh, journal, if you don't journal, it's a great way to kind of just uh, free flow your thoughts. And, uh, you know, meditation for just quiet time. Now, you know, I said 15 to 30 minutes, getting up 15 to 30 minutes earlier. Well, maybe that's your quiet time, okay? You know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day uh, Friday, and, and uh, we're got talking about 
um, self-care and, uh, and uh, he's, he's, he's kind of a friend of mine and, and he, he said, well, you meditate? And I said, I do. And he said, like, do you chant? And I'm like, well, you can, but I don't. And it was kind of funny, preconceived notions that people have, right? Because uh, I probably, one, I probably don't look like a meditator and I probably certainly don't, don't look like somebody who chants. Um, but so don't, um, you know, you can go to YouTube, you can get videos, there's books, there's podcasts, there's all sorts of stuff, right? But it's really more about quiet time, right? You know, quieting the mind. Uh, one thing uh, that I learned uh, really just a few years ago was remove urgent from your lexicon and replace it with immediate. Now, here's the reason why, and it works. When I tell you, hey, uh, Allie, you got to give me a call back right now, it's urgent. You immediately go in at some level to fight or flight, okay? Like your, your tendency at that point is to drop everything you're doing because like you're one, either, you're some combination of curious or horrified about like, well, what I got to deal with, what's this mean, right? But immediate is different. Immediate is, is um, it doesn't have that kind of life or death connotation to it. So take certain words, right, that are stress points. Uh, I, I've used urgent here um, out, of your, out of your lexicon. You know, when someone, you know, when, I, when something has, when something's got uh, some immediacy to it, you know, I'll just say, you know, or, or someone says, you know, can you call me or whatever the case may be, um, you know, um, I'll ask them, what well, is it immediate? And it kind of puts a different framework on it. Make lists. A lot of times we make our day or our tasks way bigger than they really are. We've all done it. Where if you just wrote a list and then you looked at the list, you know, more often than not, you might look at it and go, huh, well, that's not that bad. So make lists, right, and prioritize them. Uh, try to connect with a family or um, a family member or a friend every day. Could be just for five minutes. Right. You know, I mean, for me, it's my kids, you know, so, um, uh, and my mom and dad, you know, uh, my brother, right. So I'm always trying to connect with somebody. Um, but usually, you know, when I take a break during the day, I'll take a break and I'll text, you know, one of my daughters. Um, but try to make, because what happens is, is that it, it moves you out of the moment that you're in and it typically moves you into a happier space, right. So it's like taking, it's like taking a break. Um, and then uh, lastly is live an observation. And observation gives you distance from events, okay? Like the event doesn't define me, whatever the event is. I'm not being defined by this, okay? Right, I'm, I, I have a role in this and my role is this, okay? But I'm not gonna be consumed by it. And, and I think, um, you know, going into this period of time where, where uh, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of, of some unknowns, it doesn't mean because there are unknowns that we become reactive, because once we become reactive, things are gonna to happen to us, okay? What we wanna do is we wanna be proactive so things can happen with us. So great to be with everybody. I hope you have an amazing week. See you next Monday. Thank you.